So Gunnar, what's new? Uh, I come to you, Dave, from the other side of the world. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I, uh, I recently spent the week in Indonesia. Wow. Specifically in Bali. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Have cool. you been there before? No, I'd never been. And, you know, I, I will admit that I was not ready for the, for the experience. I, I got off the airplane and it's a, it's a you know, big old airport open air, right? Which reminded me very much of my home airport of Honolulu. And I said, okay. oh, okay. well, I know what's going on here. This is a tropical equatorial kind of situation. Okay, cool. I got it. This is just like mm-hmm. Hawaii. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I spent two days, you know, in conference rooms and remained convinced that I was in Hawaii, uh, or at yeah. least had an equivalent experience. But then on the last day, I got a chance to kind of knock around a bit before my flight went home and got to actually see Bali and man, what a wonderful country. Um, yeah. everyone will tell you how friendly and warm everyone is. And that's true. Um, also, such a unique and interesting culture. The UN is not kidding when they created all these world heritage sites and the Gamelan orchestras and the Wayang Kulit uh, puppetry shows. And it is, uh, it is really something that feels unique in the world. Um, yeah. Just to give you an example, in front of many stores that I passed by, um, there is an altar there uh, mm-hmm. to various deities, I suppose. And uh, even a like an auto repair shop had mm-hmm. a pile of flowers and incense right there in the driveway of the wow. repair shop. And the incense is burning. Like it was like every morning they like kind of laid this thing out. And I, I presume it's uh, for good fortune, right? Um, right, right. Uh, draw good business in there. Uh, but it was funny to see the cars and the mopeds pulling into the repair shop and then carefully avoiding the altar that they had put right in the center of the of the driveway. Oh wow! Yeah, right. It's kind of like fully, uh, fully integrated into the lifestyle, if you like. Um, wow! And uh, so much so that it was often difficult to tell a temple from a place of business, from a house. Um, it, just, it seemed like there was every fifth building was a temple. Uh, and every third building was a moped repair shop, uh, or or a or both. <laughs> right? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Um, anyway, it was it was. I get the allure now. I get I uh, I get it. It was really it was a fascinating place. It was really cool. It was great. Yeah. Would Would you want to go back there on vacation? I would definitely go back there. Yeah. It's quite a haul. Like from yeah. Austin, it was uh, twenty five hours in transit, something like that. Um, yeah. It's. Uh, we were joking when we got there. It's a little bit like, you know, you, you, you make the journey and you, and you arrive a different person than when you left. Right. I, I feel like the, the yeah. plane ride was so long that it was like, uh, I got married, I had kids, <laughs> I away, kids went to college and then I landed in Bali. Right. Uh, wow. Was, yeah. But, uh, yeah, it was great. I recommend it. If, uh, if you ever get a chance to visit Bali, it is a, it is a, it is a really special place. It was great. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. I'm, I'm similar where, uh, you know, it's like, Oh yeah. We're going to go on the family vacation and it's like, well, do we want to go to Hawaii or do we want to go to like Miami or whatever? And, mm-hmm. or, you know, and, and the thing is, is that for me, it's like such a long haul to get to Hawaii relative to like two hours direct flight. I'm in Miami, yeah. uh, you know, and it's like, 
how much better is it? Is it worth an extra day on each end? And and right. maybe I don't know. I I don't know yet. You know, I haven't done it yet. And yeah, uh, yeah it's one of those things I got. I got to try it. Uh, but it's like I always just like ah, I'd rather spend instead of spending two days in the air, I I could spend two extra days on a beach. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Uh, yeah, fair trade. I, I think if I if I if I was left to my own devices, I probably would not have visited for that reason. Um, in this case, I was coerced into going by work, so that right. helps. Right. Yeah. Right. No, that's always helpful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, I like I like me. I'm like way less boring than you. I barely left my housing development uh, last week. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. No, I no. Actually, I was in D.C. last week for a couple of days. But uh, but outside of that, it's like I'm like man. I just need to have my wife walk, walk me around outside for a little bit, and, you know, <laughs> bring me back in. It's like you get cooped up and, and uh, don't get out much, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to be going to Vegas next week and I suspect I'll oh, to cancel out all the Bali stuff. Yeah. That is just, yeah, that's right. That's a totally different situation. Different experience. Yeah. Yeah. But that's, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Also work coerced. But yes, yes. Correct. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. 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 Maybe there's a, a Bali uh, kind of casino, like a uh, Bali themed uh, casino. I don't know. Oh, yeah. I can't wait to see how the casino might abuse that beautiful culture. Uh, right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So that was my week. That was my week. Yeah. Well, geez, we, we got a great show uh, lined up for a. Uh, uh, everybody today it's classic uh, uh dave and gunner material so we got um uh, input devices for your mouth uh we talk about uh, uh cutting animals in half and regrowing them mm-hmm. uh, uh we talk about ai of course and uh, a little bit of uh we're going to talk about the opposite of deja vu we're going to dive into that nice all right so um yeah, so for people to you know get uh, get links to Bali and and pick up a travel brochure and all that, uh, where where should we send them? Yeah, they need to go to a dgshow.org. That's D's and Dave, G's and Gunner Show dot org. Uh-huh. Great, great. Yeah, yeah, and then um, yeah, cutting room floor. Uh, we got uh, you know one uh, D Pac Man. If you haven't played it, it's it's well worth it. Uh, <laughs> Awesome game, uh, like for for the amount of effort put into it, it's just like awesome. Uh, really, uh, highly recommend it. I guess it's built on top of a library uh, that's meant for small games, and you know, for people that haven't tried it yet, it's just basically it's Pac Man where you only go left and right, <laughs> and surprisingly playable. It is fun. It is fun, yeah. and it's hard. It's not easy. It's not as easy as you would think either. So, <laughs> yep. And then uh, we also got the uh, Ambiphone. Uh, so for like, you know how like sometimes people like uh, the ambient noise when they work where mm-hmm. that you want like uh, like rain or like the seashore and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, we've, I think we've done ones in the past where it's like a coffee shop and all that. But uh, this one adds in things like uh, a number station, um, uh, police uh, radio if you want it, uh, and also uh, coughing. Yeah, so you could add add coughing in and mix it all up too. Yeah, yeah. So you could have like a number station in a cave, for example. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yep. Yeah, and then 
Um, and then for those that, uh, you know, just uh, to hit all of our demographics that like to tune in, uh, we have uh, uh, an instructional video by David Byrne on how to dance like David Byrne from the Talking Heads. So um, it's it's easier than you think. Uh, it's not bad. And then um, there's uh, another uh, thing that there's a developer came up with. It's the unauthorized David Attenborough AI clone that oh. narrates this guy's life. That sounds so, nice. Yeah. So imagine you got this developer. He has his webcam on as he's running this application, and it'll do a screenshot of the webcam. The AI will analyze the picture, what's going on inside the picture, pump that into generative AI, have a response come back, uh, you know, talking like David Attenborough, using a clone <laughs> of David Attenborough's voice. <laughs> and it's it's great. Uh, so it's, you know, it's basically, you know, uh, the man is wearing a tribal, a blue shirt that is representative of mating rituals. And, you know, it's, it's just, he goes into this whole thing. And uh, it's 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 great. It's it's hilarious. So uh, that does sound good. That sounds great. Yeah. yeah. Excellent. So, um, so let's let's talk about input devices. So you found this. Um, there's it's it's this thing called the mouth pad, uh, M O U T H pad, mm-hmm. and to me it looks like like a retainer. You know, yep. that, you know that you just pop in to your your upper jaw. And um, there's a sensor on it and you could move your tongue around it, which I guess it's like a two dimensional, almost like a, a mouse pad, right? Yeah. Uh, like a pad. Mm-hmm. And then um, you could do input uh, with it. So, um, and it's, it, to me, it's kind of interesting. It's, you know, it's like, uh, it probably has like some VR things like we talked about in the past and previous episodes where you got your VR helmet on and you got your, your, that feedback thing. And then you got the other thing that's spraying ultrasonic <laughs> stuff on your face, uh, on your teeth and, and you can control it now with your tongue. Yeah. Uh, uh, so, but yeah. So what, what do you think about it? Uh, you know, so on the plane, I watched a mm-hmm. lot of mission impossible movies, like a lot. Yes. Okay. And this seemed like exactly the kind of thing that the Mission Impossible folks like, uh, the, you know, the, the remote control car that comes to rescue them is, is, would be operated through a retainer like this one, right? Mm-hmm. It's kind of how I imagine it. I mean, these, these folks, though, are claiming that there are actual practical non-Mission Impossible type uses, like, uh, uh, like people who work with their hands but also need to manipulate uh, mm-hmm. a digital device, so like a surgeon, for example. Yeah, mechanics, auto mechanics. Yeah, auto mechanics. Yeah. That's right. Although my feeling, I don't know, surgeons. I feel like I want the surgeon focused on the two hands and manipulating those with their full attention, as opposed to also learning how training their tongue to operate the robot scissor arm or whatever it is that they have. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, or looking up something in a manual. Um, <laughs> that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, this I'm happy for them to have assistance to do things like this uh, rather than a, I don't think, I don't think I need them to get really good at uh, tongue inputs, you know? Right. And it's like, you, that's what you have nurses and, you know, assistants okay. for, right. That can yeah. do that stuff for you. But um, yeah, well, and maybe it's, it's to pick a different uh, input device on like, well, you know, go from like a laser cutter to, I don't know, a screwdriver or what, I don't know what, right. but right. Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, but but also um, uh, 
I, I can imagine people with disabilities as well has it has applications, right? That are For sure. Yeah, that, control issues. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you don't have use of your hands or your for your arms or for whatever reason, you know, having a having something like this is obviously useful, right? Um, yeah. I don't, I don't, here's my plea: let's not get more clever than that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> right. Yeah, and 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 you know, it's like, how do you like? Are, are you going to wear it all day? Uh, what's it going to do to your teeth? Yeah. You know, and and your your palate, right? Where right. Uh, you know how people have like the the crick in their neck from looking at their phones all day. You know, what's yeah. what's going to happen to their tongues and and yeah. their jaws as as this this comes out? But although it's also true that the tongue is the strongest muscle in the body, right? I guess. Yeah. Isn't it? Yeah. I'm told. I was told. Don't know. Don't know. Yeah. Yeah. But, but it's like, it's a used in a particular way, but you're using it in a slightly repetitive, a different way that it wasn't intended, I guess. Correct. Yeah. The last thing yeah. I need is an RSI, right? On uh, on your tongue. On your tongue. Yeah, that's right. Right. Yeah. yeah. And then, uh, and then how do you like, you take it out, you got to, do you, do you have to charge it or do you have a cable coming out of your mouth? <laughs> um, <laughs> that's right. Lots of practical questions about this thing. <laughs> yeah, and do you do you drop it in some effort overnight when you're not using it to clean it? Right. Um, and if not, and if not, why not? Right. right. Yeah. yeah, and and sharing it with other people. Right. Say so, here, try this out. You know, and it's like, no, thanks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We'll keep an eye on it. Um, yeah. Yeah. Right. And then uh, you saw uh, a, a nice piece in uh, uh, Scientific American uh, about uh, Michael Levin uh, from Tufts University. This this reminds me a lot of our uh, the work that we've been studying on like brain organoids and, and cutting up animals and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So so uh, actually, credit to Rusty Foster who found this article by Rowan Jacobson about this. Uh, biologist, uh, Michael Levin at uh, Tufts University. And uh, so what this guy's all about is basal cognition, right? So that's this idea that um, thought or memory or learning isn't just located in the brain. It can also be held by the rest of the body. Yes. Um, And so, uh, of course, there are some experiments that you can run to test this. And useful for these experiments is this uh, kind of flatworm called a planarian. Um, What's useful here is that you can cut that worm in half and it will grow back the parts that are missing. Mm-hmm. So if you cut one of these things in half, you eventually they grow back and it eventually turns into two worms. Right. And so he uses this property to run some very interesting experiments. So, uh, and obviously the worm has a head end and a tail end, right? The head end where the brain presumably resides and then uh, the tail end where it doesn't. Uh, and so he basically taught these worms to seek out uh, liver, which they think is delicious. Mm-hmm. And it seeks them out over this uh, corrugated uh, dish. So mm-hmm. the worms uh, learned that the corrugated dish leads to liver, right? Okay. Then he cuts their heads off and allows them to regenerate and then puts them, and then some worms were on a smooth dish and others were on a corrugated dish. Right? Mm-hmm. And basically the they regenerate and the regenerated worms retain the memory or the the relationship between the corrugated dish and the liver. Interesting. Such so that, the training. Yeah, that's right. And so the, so the worms that lived on smooth dishes 
didn't move or were reluctant to move, but worms that were on the rough dishes learned to go for the food more quickly, mm -hmm. despite the fact that we had completely replaced their brains. Right, right. So that's interesting. Um, he also, uh, there's a whole digression here also about, uh, you know, touch me nots. I don't know if you've ever had these. I grew up with, with these in, in, in Hawaii, the, uh, uh, there were these kind of feathery, uh, fern looking things, but if you touch them, mm -hmm. they close Okay. a little bit like a Venus flytrap, but like even just they operate on touch. Yeah. Um, and, uh, there's a, there's, <laughs> there's this team of scientists in Western Australia and Italy who, uh, learned how to, uh, they would acclimatize the plant to jostling. Like normally if you jostle it, it'll, the fern will close. Right. But the, here they uh, continued, they uh, continuously jostled the plant such that it eventually learned to just ignore the stimulus. Yes. And it's a plant. So there's no brain for it to hold this learning in. It just learned itself without the benefit mm -hmm. of the brain. Right. Mm -hmm. so that's interesting. Um, and then, uh, Oh, and another piece of this, these plants, like the Venus flytrap, they can actually be knocked out by anesthetic gas. Huh. So you can which gas. assumes they're conscious. Assumes they're conscious or have some kind of functioning nervous system, which, of course, they don't, except for the fact that it works. <laughs> and so you can actually anesthetize them, and they stop reacting. There's no, uh, there's no, they, they electrically flatline, right? Um, so then our friend, uh, Professor Levin, uh, starts ex doing further experiments with these uh, with these planarians, where he'll cut them in half, or no, sorry, he'll get them accustomed to a certain electrical current uh, mm -hmm. at the head end, and then another at the tail end. Cut the worm in half, and then switch it up. So switch up the uh, where the current is going. So the head end is now on the tail end. The tail end is now on the head end, and the worm will regenerate according to the current. So hmm. you can create two tails. Or create two heads, and so it can create a functioning two-headed worm or planarian. Okay. Yeah, right. And then that got him curious. Some further experiments, he found that he could actually trigger the creation of a functioning eyeball anywhere on a tadpole just by applying the correct kind of current. Wow. Yeah. Nightmare fuel. This <laughs> guy's yeah. obviously unhinged, <laughs> but. Uh, Super interesting, right? Like this idea that like we can, you know, you hear uh, there are people who go through like physical, they'll say things like you know, people hold trauma in the body, right? And I think everybody right. hears that and we kind of, we treat that as a metaphor, right? Right. Uh, and Michael Levin argues, uh, perhaps not a metaphor, perhaps we are literally holding this, these memories in our bodies. Right. Yeah. Super cool. Super yeah. cool. Wow. Yeah. So working eye anywhere you want on your body. Why not? Yeah. Why not? Well, yeah, he, he's definitely an idea, man. Uh, so, <laughs> but, and then when, when you described it too, it's like, mm -hmm. Oh, I've heard this before. It's, it's like, yeah, you cut the worm in half and then it, you know, the other half grows about, but the memory is the interesting part to me. Yeah. You know, right. like there's probably some DNA sequence that talks about that figures out the regeneration that doesn't really require any sort of brain knowledge to regrow uh right. the body parts yeah right yeah but that and so yeah like the simple regeneration you could just say okay that's just fine that's that's lucky worm gets to do that that's that's not that's a genetic trick right um yeah. it's the idea that you can actually compel it to regrow in different ways based on a stimulus 
um, that existed before it was severed is the crazy part, right? Right. Wild. Yeah. No, that's basil. Yeah. This, uh, where has this been all my life? I, I need to study up more. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. So I'll tell you about something that is uh, going around on the internet a lot, uh, mm-hmm. as opposed to basal cognition. <laughs> all right. It, uh, so since you've quit the Twitter, I don't think you can search on Twitter, can you? I don't think so. I think they, they lock it down pretty tight now. It's almost as hard to get to as Instagram, right? Yeah. Like you got to be logged in, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So uh, you could live vicariously through me. I'll tell you all about it. Um, <laughs> so if you go to Twitter, and, mm-hmm. and people could do this now, and um, and it's probably getting cleaned up as we speak. But if you search for, you go to Twitter, you go in the search box, and you search for goes against open AIs and, uh, you know, apostrophe S, and just search for that, mm-hmm. it returns, like, all these, like, broken robot replies inside of tweets. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. So, Perfect. so it's like you scroll down and it's, and you don't just look at the most popular ones, look at like the latest ones in the latest tab and you mm-hmm. just scroll and scroll and, and the replies are some form of, I'm sorry, I cannot provide a response as it goes against open AI's policy. And <laughs> there's one guy that uh, he, he posted uh, in uh, uh, on Twitter, uh, I, I assume he really posted it as opposed to an AI. He said that I'm sorry, but I cannot provide an answer to your question. Goes against OpenAI's use case policy. Is his favorite new way of replying to spam. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Which is brilliant, right? It is. And and I, it's like I want to answer the phone that way too, right? You know, if I think it's like a. Uh, uh, call, you know, uh, uh, telemarketer or something. Oh yeah, right? perfect. It's perfect. Yeah, yeah. And well, then um, the other thing is it, and this is starting to get fixed now too. But uh, if if you click on the, it's an Ars Technica link mm-hmm. about the lazy use of AI, and that's starting to show up in uh, Amazon product descriptions. Yes. So yes. you know, it's like like broken, you know, and and it's like. And it's funny. It's like there's one caption that talks about it's like for a garden hose, and it's like stand above the competition with this most wonderful, you know, and then product, <laughs> you know, you know, bracket product name, and you know, and it's like it's a garden hose, you know. But <laughs> and then you know, and I'm surprised, and the the um the first person I've heard say this, uh, like I have not heard a single person say this yet. But remember the the New Yorker. Uh, memes that uh, New Yorker meme uh, uh, cartoon memes. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, so take a take a famously uh, kind of opaque or inscrutable New Yorker cartoon, and then would apply its own caption to it, right? Well, yeah. You apply you apply. Uh, you know, uh, you know, one is more explicit, uh, explicitive, uh, expletive laden, um, but there's one that is more like. Uh, hi, would you like to connect with me on LinkedIn or something like that? Like that's, <laughs> I, I'm surprised nobody has that I've seen so far hasn't started captioning the New Yorker cartoons with, I'm sorry, I cannot provide an answer to your question because it goes open, it goes against open <laughs> policy that's and right. apply that to every, every cartoon uh, for New Yorker. And I think <laughs> it works. 
That's great. That's great. Yeah. I'm yeah. trying to figure is it is it now what is going wrong here? Is it that uh they're just grinding through a bunch of uh commodity products and just trying to generate new descriptions and new names that like the same product is being listed a thousand times by the same company under different company names? Is that what's going on? Yeah. My okay. well, my guess is it's like an automation gone bad. Yeah. 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 And and it, you know, sort of like you know, I, I think one of the big challenges with generative AI, especially from you know the, the as a service companies that are providing AI as a service, is that those models are changing all the time. Mm-hmm. So you're not going to have the repeatability that you would have with you know a software library, right? right? Where yeah. um, so you almost need to do like uh, CI/CD and regression testing. Like every time the model is updated, you got to rerun your code to make sure you know it doesn't break the AI or all of a sudden the thing that you're pumping into it is like outside the bounds of their fair use policy. Yeah. And, and so what I'm thinking here is it probably like this stuff was like massively automated and somebody changed the AI model and then it broke those automations and it's, it's, you know, and it's showing you how much crap is on the internet that is like not human generated. Yeah. 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 That's right. That's right. The veil is lifted. Yeah. 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 So, um, and that's, that's the other business idea that I want to, I want to do is like, I want to have, uh, like I could come up with a software as a service company where you can have a bot that you attach to your, uh, inbox. And -hmm. when you get spam, you could basically send it to send the spam to a, uh, uh, basically a bot, and then have the bot carry on a, a a worthless conversation with the person that sent you the spam. Oh yeah, yeah, like a honey trap. Yeah, yeah, and just keep the conversation going, and and you know, and you know, just sort of like like, uh, uh, and and who knows? It could be bots on the other side that are using it, and um, sure. Yeah, and I'll I'll add the link uh, to the the show notes. But there's a another thing that I saw. I forget the name of the company, but I'll I'll have to dig it up. But they um, have a thing with LinkedIn now to help people with sales. And so imagine instead of like you know somebody goes to LinkedIn, there's a prospect that they want to uh, go after. They'll go through, they'll look at their LinkedIn posts, so look at their profiles, try to figure out a witty thing for them to say, have a, you know, and then to strike yeah. up a meaningful conversation and all that. That's all AI automated with this tool. Yeah. And yes. And it's like, hey, I noticed that, you know, uh, I, you know, I really admire the work that you do at Red Hat. And I noticed that you know you went to XYU uh, University and and you posted about this on LinkedIn and I'd love to talk with you more. I found it really insightful. And then you know, would you like to connect with me? And then it could actually keep the the dialogue, the chat dialogue going a couple of rounds too before it's handed off to the seller. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and and I I think I've been getting some of these right where it's like. Like it, instead of just the the plain old LinkedIn connect message with no explanation mm-hmm. or the the in message that is like totally like copy and paste, 
it mm-hmm. feels very tailored, like they put work into it. Yeah. Yeah. And then you connect with them and then all of a sudden it turns into like hard sales mode, you know? Yeah. And that, right. Yeah. And it's, and their profile doesn't look spammy at first, but then all of a sudden they're, they're like an offshore recruiter and you know, it's like, I'm not interested, you know, but, uh, well, since the, 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 who, who, it's obviously it's obvious who benefits from this, but the people who are really suffering from this are the twenty-three-year-old uh, inside salespeople who are suffering because yes. that's yeah. who's being disenfranchised here. Yeah, yeah. Well, and or they they're embracing it, and you know, uh, but yeah, it's yeah. I don't know. I don't know. It's crazy. <laughs> oh, I see. You're saying it makes them that much more efficient. Well, or that's that's part of the game now, right? Where you know right. before the inside salespeople, uh, you know, th- their calls weren't recorded, they weren't timed, they weren't, you know, there weren't metrics on how many how many calls they're doing per hour and mm-hmm. like like things like that. And now you have all of these, uh, you know, these automations going on that's going to make it even. Uh, maybe it's going to help them. I don't know. But I could also imagine too, it's like all of a sudden you have that conversation. Imagine that inside sales rep has a con- finally has a conversation with that prospect. Mm-hmm. And then it'll be, so what did you like about my article that you know, you know, that, that, that you found so insightful? And and he'd be like, Oh, dang, you know. Because <laughs> it, it's like that was the the bot that is the one that thought it was exciting, you know. Right, right, right. Well, uh, so have you ever heard of deja vu? Does it sound familiar? Yeah. yeah. Feels familiar? Yeah. Feels right. Whenever you get deja vu, that's how you know that it's a, what is it? It's a glitch in the matrix. Right. Right. Yeah. So did you know there's a thing called the, that there's a thing that's actually the opposite of deja vu? What is that? Yeah. It's called, uh, I think, well, it's French, but, uh, and which it tells you, I'm going to poorly pronounce this, but is it jamais vu? Oh yeah. Jamais vu. Right. Never. Yeah. yeah. Never vu. And that's, yeah, so that that is when something you know to be familiar feels unreal or novel in some way. Oh yeah. So like, you know, you you look at Soren's face, and all of a sudden it's like he looks totally different, right? Like like you know, like a growth spurt or something like that. And it's like, whoa, where'd that mustache come from? You know, and you're <laughs> you're like freaked out, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, I, no, I've had this experience where, yeah, you look at a totally ordinary thing, but you're suddenly looking at it with like, uh, what, new eyes, right? Right. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Right. Yeah. So there's these scientists, and and we probably got to connect these scientists with uh, 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 Michael Levin. You uh, <laughs> do some wonderful work uh, together uh, of how to how to trigger jamais vu. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and so the way that they were able to trigger it was to get uh, uh, they would get these study participants to write the same word over and over again. Right. And yeah. So, uh, you know, they would, they were doing things like the word door and it just write it out. Same word over and over again. And then whenever, um, you know, put up your hand, whenever you, you know, feel any of these symptoms. And, and one of the symptoms were like the, the symptoms of, uh, uh, jamais vu in terms of like the unease and the anxiety and all that, right? Mm-hmm. All, along with a, a host of other symptoms that they weren't expecting. And so they used words like 
like uh, door, like common ones. Mm-hmm. They used less common words like sward, uh, S-W-A-R-D, not sword. Okay. Um, yeah. And then, uh, so uh, 94 undergraduates, they repeated the same word over and over again. Um, and then they were told to stop whenever they feel strange. And uh, they said that 70% of the 94 students stopped at least once uh, with the symptoms of uh, Jamais Vu. And it typically occurred after one minute or 33 repetitions of writing the same word. Huh. Interesting. So it's like, uh, I don't know, kind of guess. It seems like your your brain gets tired or loses its ability to concentrate, I guess, and then kind of makes it, uh, yeah. introduces the novelty, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And it's, it's like, uh, yeah, I, I don't know what it is. And, well, they also tried it with uh, like, uh, like the most common word they used the word the, and they said that fifty five percent of the people stopped, but instead of thirty three repetitions, it was twenty seven repetitions, so even less. So, like yeah. maybe it's uh, I don't know if the word is more common or the word the isn't as meaningful as a word like door, you know, as like yeah. a physical object, you yeah. know, um, and. Uh, yeah, and, and it's like it, they said that people describe their experiences ranging from they lose their meaning the more you look at them, you know, like on the page. Mm-hmm. Um, they seem to lose control of their hand. And their favorite uh, uh, from the article, it, it doesn't seem right. It almost looks like it's not really a word because someone tricked me into thinking it is. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. That's great. Yeah. Yeah, I, I just and, and as soon as I read that, I was like, I had this mental picture of Winston Smith in room 101. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. If, like, how many fingers do I have? Up? You know, yeah. And, yeah. Two plus yeah. two is five. Right. Wait a minute. Yeah. You have to believe it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so uh, and it's like, OK. And I, it's like and, and they finally got to the point I'm asking myself, it's like, OK, what are they doing this for? You know, and. This goes back to uh, um, they're thinking of maybe it's a way that they could help uh, under better understand and treat uh, obsessive compulsive disorder. Oh, sure. Right. Yeah. Like people repeating the same pattern over and over again. And yeah. Uh, yeah. Interesting. So I guess I guess like options include like maybe it's through maybe the maybe the the if you suffer from an obsessive compulsive disorder you're repeating an action or you're repeating a word or whatever it is and you don't uh become an uh your brain does not get tired of it right yeah um, and it's it doesn't or, it's, right? it retains or its you're meaning. trying to get the meaning yeah 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 yeah, yeah. right yeah interesting yeah like you're you're doing this action over and over but you didn't complete it yet yeah. And you're, you're, you're trying to, uh, I don't know. Yeah. 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 Well, it would be interesting is if, if you, if you find somebody who is, for example, repeating the word the more than 27 times, and then you cut that person in half. Yes. If they still suffer from, if they're still preoccupied with the word the, or if they get distracted, that would be. Would, would both people say it? Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 yeah that's, 
yeah, we, we uh, me and you, we'll, we'll connect with these researchers and Michael Levin, and, and we'll do an unsolicited proposal to uh, the NSF to so yeah. solve that. Yeah, that's right. And maybe maybe we don't just cut them at the waist, maybe lengthwise. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. There's all kinds of yeah, or into fourths. Yeah. Yeah. We get it. We get a, we get a future. We got a decade's worth of NIH grants in front of us for this. Yes. Yes. Unlimited upside. <laughs> we'll, we'll connect with them on LinkedIn uh, and send them our proposal. Yeah. The, the Dave and Gunner Inside Sales Department. Uh, <laughs> Great. All right. Well, okay. So if, if people need to uh, uh, do some experiments uh, uh, on some basal cognition or they need to uh, listen to a number station while they do it, play mm -hmm. some 1D Pac-Man, uh, have some jamais vu, uh, and what, or, or just have uh, OpenAI generate, uh, uh, get, have it not uh, generate what you want, where do we need to send them? They should go to uh, dgshow.org. Uh, that's D as in Dave, G as in Gunner, show.org. Nice. All right. Well, great. Well, thanks, Gunner. And thanks, everybody, for listening. Yeah. Thanks, Dave. Thanks, everyone. Bye.